0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We are in many ways a sheltered people, sheltered from the brutalities that are all too commonplace in the world and in history. We glimpse an example of this brutality tucked into the background of the story of Naaman, recorded in the fifth chapter of 2 Kings. We are told almost casually that the Syrians on one of their raids had carried off a little girl from the land of Israel. Obviously, many such raids were motivated by greed, far easier to swoop into foreign territory and steal the fruit of another's labor. And if one is willing to engage in a violent raid, then murder, rape, and kidnapping are simply part of the job. What had been the fate of this Israelite girl's family? We're not told. We do know that she was old enough to absorb whatever trauma happened. She was old enough to know about the prophet in Samaria. Were her parents alive to see their daughter carried off? Or did her little eyes witness unspeakable violence? Again, we're simply not told. In fact, we're not even told her name there is a painful but necessary meditation to be had for those of us who have been sheltered from the realities of this world. We parents can hardly imagine anything worse than something happening to our children. What world news, history, and yes, even the Bible itself show us is that the worst imaginable tragedies aren't as uncommon as we like to think. Over the course of millennia, God's people have always had to live and keep faith despite experiencing unspeakable trauma and horrific evils. We must not make idols of those whom we love, of parents, of spouse, of children. At any moment, these may be taken from us, We and they belong to God. There is another painful but good meditation that this text brings with it. The little girl and the three verses about her are alone enough to utterly indict us, to uncover the profound shallowness in our hearts and reveal the true ugliness within our souls. What are we to learn from this little girl? We who can't even forgive our coworker a series of slights. We who hold on to the sins of our spouse for decades and use that to justify whatever reprisals we choose. We who write off friends or family or an entire congregation of people because of some word or deed, some sinful omission, that dared to crack our fragile egos. Compare yourself, if you dare, to this nameless little girl. What did she suffer? And how does she view those who had done such severe and manifest evil, both to her and to her family? How does she treat those who enslave her up to the very present, Forcing her to serve Syrians when it was Syrians who had done such wickedness to her. How indeed. With love. She learns that the master of the house has leprosy. And immediately she expresses her desire for him to be cured. She points out that in her country there is a man who could cure him the prophet of Samaria, a man known to us as Elisha. Hollywood would have this girl rise up against her captors, slay all of them, and become commander of the Syrians herself, and we'd all be cheering right along. The Bible shows us a nameless little girl who loves those who have sinned against her and against her family in ways that we can barely fathom. Love for one's enemies, compassion for those who sin against us. And her love will result not only in the healing of Naaman, but in the salvation of Naaman's soul, and perhaps many others with him. She worked earthly evil for eternal good or rather, God did, through her, simply because she was willing to love those who were unworthy of her love. But love them she did. In 2 Kings, the prophet Elisha serves as a type and foreshadowing of Christ. Elisha's ministry begins at the Jordan River, as does Christ, At the Jordan, Elisha receives the spirit of Elijah, and at the Jordan, Christ received the spirit of God. Elisha performed miracles to help the poor, raise the dead, and multiply food, all of which correspond to miracles that our Lord Jesus did. And likewise, because of a little girl and her love, Elisha would cure a man of leprosy, just as our Lord Jesus would cure many who suffered the same. Naaman, commander of the Syrian army, came to Elisha's house with an immense amount of wealth to pay for the healing. Elisha didn't even come to the door, but sent a messenger saying, Go, wash in the Jordan seven times, and your flesh shall be restored, and you shall be clean. Needless to say, Naaman was no more impressed with this messenger Then those who hear from us that baptism washes away sin. How can water do such great things? Certainly not just water, but the word of God in and with the water does these things for Naaman and for us. After some back and forth with his servants, Naaman humbled himself and agreed He dipped himself seven times in the Jordan, according to the word of the man of God. And his flesh was restored like the flesh of a little child, and he was clean. Like the flesh of a little child. Like the little child who had loved him despite his sins. So Naaman went back to Elisha, and what he said to Elisha showed that it wasn't only his flesh that had been cleansed. Behold, Naaman said, I know that there is no God in all the earth, but in Israel. And when he tried to give Elisha payment, the payment was refused. This was by grace. A sinner cleansed inside and out. A pagan Brought to faith by God, by water and the word. In Naaman, a Gentile, all of us Gentiles should see ourselves. Indeed, our Lord Jesus once got in trouble with his Jewish congregation for preaching this very thing, that God desires all, Jew and Gentile, to be saved. Not by works, but by his grace. After all, that is why he came. The Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the Hebrews? No, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. The one who bore Israel's sins in his body on the tree? No, the one who bore our sins, all sins, in his body on the tree. And after he was raised... Did he command that only Jews become his disciples? No, that all nations become his disciples, being baptized, being washed in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. The stolen girl pointed Naaman to Elisha, and Elisha pointed him to the waters. Church fathers have seen this as a type of baptism, The third century church father, Origen, says that as Naaman came forth from the water with his flesh restored as that of a little child, so we are purified in holy baptism and come forth restored as children of God. The fourth century church father, Gregory of Nyssa, says that Naaman's baptism in the Jordan directs us to the baptism of Jesus in the Jordan. In the former, the waters cleansed a man. In the latter, it was a man who cleansed the waters. Thus, Jesus made the Jordan into the source of all baptismal waters. A thought also found in Luther's flood prayer, prayed during each one of our baptismal liturgies. Through the baptism in the Jordan of your beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, you sanctified and instituted all waters to be a blessed flood and a lavish washing away of sin. God uses water to wash us from the leprosy of our sin, to save us from eternal death, to claim us, both Jew and Gentile, as his own beloved children. To repent is to return to baptism, to let go of the grudges that we are holding on to, to release others from the debts that they owe us, to forgive those who have profoundly hurt us. All of this is to return to baptism. To find new healing in those waters. Not only healing from our own sins, but also from those that have been committed against us. To return to baptism, and thus to find within ourselves the new and cleansed heart of that little girl. What does she show us? That we love because God first loved us. That we forgive because He has forgiven us. That we show kindness even to those who do not deserve it, because our God and Father is He who uses even profoundest evil to work eternal good. We come to see what St. Ambrose saw the stolen girl is the church. And an image of the church, the church of all ages, including all of us here in this life. We, too, are surrounded by our enemies and in servitude. But as the little girl loved her enemies and pointed them to a prophet of Samaria, so we, too, point our enemies and all around us to the prophet of Samaria, to our Lord Jesus Christ and to his sevenfold washing that can convert the heart of any and make even the foulest clean. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.